Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2 Episode 21 is called Peak Performance. So full spoilers for the episode as always. And you know it's peak performance when you have both Riker and one Wesley Crusher and a team together. Nothing nothing more peak than that. Uh, oh, they come for all the ladies. Yes, and this is not to say that I'm a... Uh, uh, making fun of of uh, Commander Riker, of course. <laughs> I pointed out how uh, opposed they are on the scales of uh, well everything. So uh, this is uh, essentially the real season finale because the next one's going to be a clip show. So we'll talk about this, that next this time. This is the last proper one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the last proper one. What, the first thing that struck me about this episode is a couple of familiar faces and the guest stars that really stuck out to me. Um, so the alien dude who's sort of there to sort of supervise this, uh, so because the episode's about this uh, war game simulation where some of the crew are going to go into a separate ship and they're going to have a simulated battle with the Enterprise. I uh, appreciate that the reason was because, well, hang on, the Borg are a thing now. We kind of should be a bit more ready than we have been. Oh, no, no, yeah, that reason was solved. That reason was solved. I was going to get to that. I was just, I wanted to get to these two actors yeah. because, so this alien dude uh, who's here to supervise this, let me just get his name since he actually has more of a thing, uh, called Rami, his name is. Uh, so this actor I recognised, and I, I, couldn't, I, was, I was looking at him, I, I was, his voices especially, I was like, oh, I know that voice. Now, he's actually been in a couple of things here or there that I've seen. He was in, like, Total Recall and a couple of other things. But the main thing I know him from, and I knew it as soon as I saw the name, was actually an early episode of Lois and Clark, uh, The New Adventures of Superman. He's actually the landlord who shows Clark his apartment. Because I just, I vividly remember him, like, sort of showing him around the apartment and, like, sort of, you know, just sort of shrugging at how bad everything was and... You know, I remember that. And he walks out, and he comes back in, and Dirk Clark's decorated everything in super speed, and he's in. Sh- he's all shocked. He's like, huh? Yeah. So, so he doesn't catch him doing anything super speed. He just walk- he just comes back in like a minute later, and like Clark's already painted everything and cleaned it all. And like, what the hell's gone on here? So that's him. Then the other one, yeah, uh, there's a, a yellow shirt uh, in here. Uh, who's Ginger? Who's one of those actors who pops up so much and so many things. Now, admittedly. Most people are used to him being a bit more bald than this. This is a pre pre his his uh, consistent look, and he got his consistent look pretty soon after this because I'm pretty sure he looked like what I, th- I think of him as in Under Siege One, which is like 1990. So this is only a couple of years before that. Mm. Uh, but he he was on several seasons of 24. He's put, he popped up in Supergirl for a few episodes. He was General Lane on that. He popped up in like he's been in tons of stuff. Like, he was on Alias. Like he's been popping up in movies and TV shows. For, since the 80s basically he's, he's been around for decades yeah, yeah. Uh, so even though he looks probably the most youngest I've ever seen him here compared to what I, I used to see him at um, he, he feels particularly punchable in this episode he does he's usually get more of a sort of stern fatherly way about him uh, yeah. doesn't this here Joe? I, 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 I think just I think the baldness suits him I think losing that hair just added, added to his, his prestige yeah yeah you're probably right yeah, so uh, I wanted to mention those two because they really stuck out to me. Anyway, so you see, yeah, so they're doing this simulation thing because uh, the Borg are a threat now and they feel like they should up their thing. And not only that, but the Ferengi were back in this episode eventually, so it was nice to have them back as well. So yeah, well, they were an unexpected uh, encounter. Yes. Romulans were mentioned, uh, although not really there, of course, but mentioned. So yeah, there was a lot of mythology things, you know, popping up in this episode one way or the other. Mm. Uh, so... 
Riker's going to take this task. He's going to be the, the captain of this second ship, you know, this full captain for a while, uh, which will mean Data will be the first officer on the main ship, on the Enterprise. And he's going to select a crew. Uh, turn, uh, we hear later on it's about 40 people all in who go over yeah, to this other ship. Yeah, whoever he wants, except Data. Except Data. So he takes uh, Worf. He comes in and he asks Worf if he'll be... Because Worf's got some opinions about this whole simulation. Like, simulated combat? What, this is dishonorable. If you yeah, can't die, he, then what's the point? <laughs> he, he has to give him this whole thing of but you still want to win, is what it boils down to. Like, yeah, you know, for yeah. the glory of winning. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of convinces him. Although, notably, when he comes in to ask Worf this, Worf's working on his little ship model. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he had little old sticks and he was putting together a ship and he got really upset when he snapped one. Uh, it seems, seems like he's done a lot of that. Just to bring Superman back into this, this reminds me of, uh, I can't believe I'm going to reference Smallville here, but uh, Clark once saying that he tried to learn to play guitar, but he kept snapping all the strings. I, I, I kind of feel like this is that for Worf, where he's just too aggressive with all the little delicate pieces that he just can't do this it. Is like, cause I think it was Geordie who had the, the bottle in a ship mm. a while back. I wonder if he's like, oh, I like the look of that. I, I can do that. Mm. And uh, maybe not as well. Yeah, maybe we'll find that all of uh, you know the, the Cleon like circuitry and all that are, are all much bigger. Not because they have to be for for performance, just because Klingons with the, their hands and how they how harsh they grab things. Everything has to be sturdier and like bulkier yeah, yeah. to take it. Uh, <laughs> Stands to reason. So, but anyway, uh, so so he gets off. He also asked for Wesley for some unfathomable reason. Yeah, he's like. You know, yeah, you know, Picard's even like, why do you want Wesley? He's not going to help you that much. He's like, yeah, just experience for him. Yeah, kind of. Um, even Kalrami's kind of like, oh, that's an interesting choice. I don't know about that. I mean, you can have him if you want, but I mean... Yeah, he's not going to... I don't think even Riker expects him to help. He's just like, eh, it'll, it'll do him some good to do something different. <laughs> yeah, so... So that that's kind of sets things up, and they go over to this other ship. There's a little subplot with a, a game they play. I want to save that to the end because that sort of goes into more of a subplot. Uh, sure. But they go over to the ship, and it's like it's, it's, it's this old wreck. They've got it from some scrap heap. It, you know, there's wires hanging from everywhere. Uh, notably, the noise it makes when uh, Raker goes to like talk to everyone on the ship over the comms. It's the same. It's the old original series noise. So it's the, just to, just to let you know. A nice touch. Yeah, just to let you know it's an old ship. It's the same noise as the original Enterprise. Yeah, none of the rest of the design is similar. They haven't like tried to recreate it in any other way. Just that noise. And I mean Enterprise from the original show. Before some smart arse tries to correct me and tell me about the original Enterprise, you know what I meant. It, it was clear. The implication yeah. was was there. So, yeah. So they're doing this, and like you know, Wesley thinks they're screwed, and Jordy thinks they're screwed. He can maybe get like warp one for like two seconds. That's that's the best he can do out of what's there. Uh, obviously, there's no real weapons on this ship because it doesn't need to be. It's all a simulation. Mm-hmm. it's all just about uh outplaying the other person uh, so there's a lot of build up to this there's a lot of preparation uh wesley and you kind of knew wesley was up to something because he makes this whole little he's like oh sorry I've, I've left my my science experiment on my ship uh on, on the enterprise you know is is unsupervised i let it t- turned on and it's like part of my finals i have to go over and fix it uh, and Picard makes sure this is okay with the rules uh, to let him come back on board. So as long as he's supervised and only goes straight to do that, there's you know no point in stopping him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Um, and he goes over and he gets his thing, but instead of beaming it into space, like he tells uh, you know the the actor I was talking about, I haven't give you his name. Uh, Glenn uh, Morshower is his name. Um, yeah, I I thought he was annoying in that scene with Wesley because you know. Wes is there like, oh, I just need to... And he's just like, I'll oh, just hurry up. I don't give a shit. 
This is this is a great trick. This 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 is to make us like Wesley more because by next to this guy, Wesley all of a sudden doesn't seem that bad. I know, and, so, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is the tactic. So I wonder if he's in any more Star Trek episodes. I wonder if is this a lot, is this a one and done for him, or is, is he actually well, a recurring, you know, background character for a while? So yeah, he actively annoyed me in that. Like one scene, he's he's just stood there. And I'm, I'm like, you you escorted him to to get rid of a thing, and you, you're so impatient to get back to it. You'll be back in five minutes. Just relax. Um, it was frustrating. They're not, well, not showing up easily. And you know what? Control F's my friend. That's just Control F is your friend. Yeah. Always is. Oh, it was on Voyager. For Same character. Uh, no, guard number one. Uh, <laughs> so interestingly, he's in one more episode of of the show. Uh, although it's not, a, it's like 1993. It's like seasons away. So oh God. he he comes back as a different character, uh, uh, okay. Later on, and he's going to be bald by that point. And he's actually in Star Trek Generations, the first next gen movie. Uh, although he's only credited as Navigator, which makes it seem like it's another new character. I, I mean, it's possible it's the same as the character from the second appearance in the, the show. It's just, it's just I just credit him differently, but yeah, uh, he's the actual title is different. So. I guarantee you, there's a book somewhere that tells us he's the same character. I bet the first, well, maybe the first one's like his older brother, and that's how they explain it or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> There'll be some Trek nonsense to explain all this. There always is, isn't there? But it was actually a trick. Wesley had some sort of device that he wants to help use, use for the ship, uh, which will h- help them trick the Enterprise. And Worf's got a plan as well to like mess with the, the readings and stuff. And that'll be this whole thing. So the big plan that they have... And, you know, Picard's all excited as well. I mean, the one thing Picard has otherwise in this episode, I say from the side plot, is that uh, he does kind of pull you know the alien to the side. He's like, hey, what have you got against, against Riker? You keep, you know belittling him and saying these little things about him and yeah, and well it's gonna be easy no challenge at all and you know, nothing to worry about yeah yeah he's kind of he's, he's expecting less of Riker and so Picard's all excited though and they get the game going and he's like oh, okay right let's go into this and then they, tr- they trick him with this Romulan you know hologram essentially you know, the, 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 the sensors they, they, they make them think there's a, a Romulan and there's not and they're like oh well played oh I told you he was the best I was like oh right. they, I changed these numbers because they've clearly messed with our, our readings here uh, and then of course this Ferengi ship shows up and I have, I mean immediately I think I was sitting going well the, the obvious trick here is that this is a real ship and Picard doesn't think it is and then they're going to yeah. get hit uh, and sure enough, and it, it was very clear from the get-go when it, when it started being real because the ship actually shook when they got hit as opposed to just, you know, oh, simulated hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that gets going. And of course, this brings back Armour Shimmerman, of course, from the hit television show, Buff of the Vampire Slayer, who plays one of the Ferengi on, on the ship. Um, I don't believe he's meant to be the same character as the previous Ferengi we saw. I think it's just a case of he fits the molded head stuff they've got, the makeup and the, the head gear. I'm pretty sure he was a, he was a mercenary before, and this time, no, no, he was a, a merchant before. This yes. time he's a mercenary. Yes, uh, and they're confused by what's happening here with these two ships because the other ship clearly has nothing going for it, but they seem to protect it now, so it's valuable, and they all they're all about the value. There must be a treasure on it. <laughs> Yeah, so they have this sort of negotiation, and uh, Riker kind of, you know, when they call over to each other, like, "Hey, we can we can actually warp for two seconds." So they come up with this plan to like pretend to blow the ship up as they warp away and make the Ferengi think that they're, you know, big and bad. And then the, uh, the, the and this is actually the other funny thing is the other ship, the small ship that Riker and that are on, is called the USS Hathaway, which was making me laugh just because 
just because I can only think of one Hathaway and that's Anne Hathaway. <laughs> so I just kept I just kept chuckling to myself. And in fact, the best moment uh, that our, our, our ginger has is, 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 is it's actually it really emphasizes it as well bizarrely but there's a shot in the in the bridge and I, I don't know exactly what part of the episode it is it's either when they're in the simulation or after the Ferengi shop so it's a serious thing that's happening but the camera goes up from Picard because you know he's standing up in the, the the upper bit behind him and the camera goes up to him and it ends it lands on him and he says bye bye Hathaway and I'm like so it made me laugh, but I was just like, yeah. "You really emphasize that moment, right?" That's that's it, no name. This is a, like the second character from you know recent bunch of episodes where they're like, "Oh, this is a this is a thing we're introducing." Yes, but he's not. Like, but he's not. Yeah, like they're, they're trying some stuff out and just decide they don't like it. And, and I'm glad on this one because I, do, I don't like this guy as much as the the last one. Yeah, I wonder if it's almost a case of we'll try a bunch of different things during the season, and then whatever one we'll like, we'll bring back next season as a proper role. As a, as, you know, because it's not like they've got time to like see if it worked, you know, before they do the next episode. Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah. just try a handful, see see what works, see what they end up liking the most, mm-hmm. even because yeah, you know, they, they might go, yeah, okay, that was fine, but we actually like this one better. Yeah, so yeah, that's what it is. But uh, that gives the Ferengi off to run away. Um, alien dudes like, oh, okay, I maybe underestimated Riker, blah blah blah, uh, and. That's pretty much it. I mean, I, I do kind of wish we spent more time with, like, uh, the actual simulation with Riker on this shitty little ship, trying to use it to their advantage. It it didn't really amount to much in that sense, but it was mostly fun having them go over there and get prepped. It was. I think it's like, two minutes into the exercise, the Ferengi show up and derail it. I'm like, if that had been a bit further in, it was, you know, we'd had a bit more of the, the exercise between, you know, Picard and Riker, that would be a bit more yeah, fun, I, I think. I think I wanted them to actually try and outwit each other for a while before the real threat came in. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm fine with the Ferengi showing up and interrupting, but just give us a little bit more time first. No, because I, I, I liked it as well, because it, when they do interrupt, I mean, I th- it was maybe a bit early into the game, but at least I like the idea that, okay, shit, like 40 crew members are on this little ship that has no defences. Yeah, and they think it's valuable, so what do we do? But it gives us this interesting little mechanic of, okay, how do we deal with this? How do we save that ship? Uh, and so on and so on. Uh, so no, I, I like the core plot. Uh, and even the side plot I thought was was generally pretty fun. Uh, the, you know, the, the this alien dude likes to, wants to play this game. Well, actually, Riker challenges him to this game, uh, which has, like, these weird finger sensors put on all their fingers. It, it looked a little bit silly when they were sitting there with all these finger things on. Just, just wiggling their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the alien dude, like, makes short work of him. He's like, ah, of course, I'm, like, you know, known for the, my strategy and my... Yeah, he, he's, like, a grandmaster in this uh, yeah. game. Yeah, th- th- this is... I can't think of an example to compare it to, but, <laughs> like, this is... This is, like... Well, no, it, it's, like, me challenging a chess grandmaster. Yes. I, well, I was going to try and think of an actual name, though, but, like, yeah, it's, like, you challenging... I don't know. Um... You've really can't think of any like sporting people. I might even try to think of a sporting person. I'm trying to think of something that's funny, like uh, like a really fat person eating burgers. But like, it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter. Uh, sure. So so he fails, right? And Data is kind of confused by all this competition. Like, why why does everyone care about this? You know, being Data and Pulaski and, and Troy are trying to you know egg him on like hey hey why don't you challenge him like you, you you're not human you, you don't have the living senses that we do so you theoretically should still be able to win this even though he's so good at it and they want to see him like t- you know taking down a peg or two so they get all excited by this and Pulaski even kind of like nominates him on his behalf yeah I feel like Pulaski 
is a bit of a dick in this episode, back like how she was in the first handful in regards to Data, uh, with the way she treats him in this one. It, it really feels like she hasn't learned anything over the season. I didn't feel as mean spirited to me. It felt like, I mean, she was kind of doing it for her own reasons, but like it didn't feel like she was belittling him in the same way back back yeah, at the start I mean, of the season. Because it's a bit like, so obviously, so they have this thing and Data I, loses. Honestly, like, this felt more to me like uh, McCoy in the original series, more than Ed Pulaski's ever felt before. I, I can totally see McCoy with Spock and him egging him on to do something like this and be like... Well, no, I, I can with them, because that's what they were like, but, but yeah. this year, Pulaski, it, it, like, when, when Data does lose, and, and she's like, you're infallible, this makes no sense. Uh, it's just like, you're, you're a robot. Uh, and it, it kind of feels like she hasn't learned anything, that he's more than just a robot. It, it still just felt like it came back to that for me. I mean, uh, technically, you're right. I just don't think the scene actually plays it that way. It doesn't. It's not actually interesting because because every time that happened before, it was an intentional source of like like moral conflict or an intentional source yeah. of like you know it was it was explaining this idea to us. It was portraying this idea that she felt this way about him. I don't think anything in this episode was trying to make us you know feel that she was thinking of data in any particular way. It was just no. it was there for the sake of the. The, the plot and the shock and the humor of it rather than anything to do with I her. Think I, I get what you're saying in that it feels like the intention feels like uh, McCoy, you know, teasing Spock about emotions, yes. right? I get I, I get where that intention's coming from. I just only quite landed for me given where Pulaski's been over the season. They, it only quite played true for me. Yeah, I never really even thought about it, to be honest. It was kind of been and gone for me. And then the real interesting part of the episode, though, is that Data thinks there's something wrong with him because he couldn't win. So he refuses to go to the bridge, essentially, and starts doing you know, diagnostics on himself, like, constantly, trying to figure out what's wrong. And both Troy and Pulaski go to talk to him and try to... And basically, obviously, what's wonderful about this is that it kind of appears like his ego's been hurt and he's too ashamed to show his face. And it's not... It's kind of not what it is, but it also is at the same time. <laughs> like, he's worried of ma- about making a mistake, which is a very human thing. If you, if you make a mistake at your job or whatever, and you then are scared to make this like, make another mistake, that's essentially what's happening here. Although, from Data's perspective, it's a very co- cold, hard, logical... Oh, there's something wrong. There's something malfunctioning. I have to fix it. Yeah, uh, there's a programming error. But ultimately, it kind of comes across in the same way. Uh, and maybe that's kind of what argues against what you were saying about Pulaski is that she kind of recognizes that and says it doesn't matter because when she says this to Picard Picard says yeah but he doesn't have these feelings you're giving to him like how does this work and she's like well it doesn't matter whether it comes from you know human feelings or his programming the result's the same this is how he feels it's, it's the exact same result uh, yeah. so uh, so Picard has to go and tell him to like get on the bridge and leave yourself pity behind because like, ma- man up and get on with it yeah making mistakes uh or so, actually as he points out it's not that you made a mistake you, you didn't make a mistake and you still lost that's just that's just part of life sometimes that'll happen and yeah. you have to accept that uh so that kind of snaps him out of it but of course we do end the episode with a rematch where data and the alien dude are going at it very strongly and it's lasting a while because this is the thing like Riker gets beat within seconds data lasts a little bit longer yeah we get told early on that two players that are evenly matched can last around a thousand moves Riker lost in 23 <laughs> yeah data lasted longer than that but this last time at the end it's just like a stalemate they're just going you know intensely for a long time and eventually the alien dude just like rips off his senses and says this is an outrage this is this is blasphemy and he walks off and they're all like, hey, you cannot, you won. And he's like, well, not really. It's still a stalemate. He just, you know, left the game. And they're like, well, how did you do that? And he's like, well, 
he assumed that I would try to win, so I just stopped trying to win. It's essentially he just like, played defensive. Kind of. It was. It was not even defensive. He because he, he he intentionally tried to make it a stalemate with every possibility, rather than go for something that would lead to success. He just kept trying to delay it out. It, it's not the exact same thing, but it makes me think of Moneyball. You know uh, that whole system where they yeah. stopped trying to play baseball to win. They instead just moved things. It became more of a numbers game where mm-hmm. you would average out enough to win in the end, but you weren't well, like you, yeah, it's on technicalities. Yeah, um, it's not the exact same thing, but it kind of reminded me of that. Just in the, the way the data was like, well, no, like I, I just did the other thing that he wouldn't expect, and effectively won because the other guy gave up and he was mad that he couldn't. Yeah, figure he out. essentially forfeit. Yeah. Uh, so there doesn't seem. I, I will say that the one thing that stuck out to me about this bit at the end is that eventually, because like, earlier on, uh, before the first match, like Pulaski like leans in and whispers, and was it? It's just like you know, tear him down. I think or no, burn him down. That. No, Maybe. tear him up, something like that. It was just, it was just some some earth phrase like that, and. Yeah. He doesn't understand it, and at the end here, when he's insisting that he didn't win, and like, oh, come on, Data, you, you did, right? So Data pauses and goes, okay, I tore him down. And everyone kind of cheers, right? Whatever the phrase was, you know, uh, that we're, yeah. we're misremembering. And there was a moment here where I almost felt like it was going to freeze frame as we were all mid-cheer, because it felt like the end of a sitcom where everyone cheers and then the credit comes up while they're frozen. And obviously it's never done that before, but it, just, it felt like that ended. I was, because they all started cheering for him, it felt like, oh, this is where you freeze frame and the, the music comes in. <laughs> I guarantee you there's an edit of that somewhere on YouTube already. Because <laughs> that's the thing, it went straight to the, you know, the shot of the ship where the credit came up anyway, so I'm like, just, just freeze frame it and just, Go straight to the credit and yeah, have a have a kind of beat version. Da 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 da. da, 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 da beat version. <laughs> the the sitcom eighty sitcom version of the music. Again, I guarantee you already exists on YouTube. Someone's done probably, this for you. probably, but that, it gave me a chuckle. So, I'd, um, honestly, this was a fine episode. It wasn't like a standout episode, but I thought it was relatively solid in all the things that it was doing. I had yeah, fun. I think it, it, could have been better and like you know a couple of pacing bits uh you know some side characters were not great you know a little bit more on the war game itself but overall pretty solid yeah yeah i, I would have liked more of the game itself before the the real threat came in but i mean ultimately uh I, you know i have I, I it was an easy watch I, I never felt like bored or i never felt like i was suffering through some of the you know your code of honor level of like oh it was no nowhere near yeah, yeah. like you know, this was not a cringy episode. It was a fairly solid, so, uh, dependable solid, episode. Like, upper mid tier. Yeah. So that is peak performance. Uh, so next episode is the last episode. Oh, I want to see season. what they actually claim the description is. Um, it is worth mentioning. I believe I, I, I'm not checking just now, but I, I've checked in the past, and just from a glance here, at what the number is. I believe this is the lowest average rating of any episode of the entire show on IMDb. What did they give it? Well, the average. The, yeah, yeah. What, what is it? The average is 3.4. I guess we're just going to have to suffer through this one. I'm fairly certain the lowest in the original series was like a 5.1 or something. Was, <laughs> was it? <laughs> I want to say. Just going to uh, see what Spock's brain was and I'll tell you. So it's called Shades of Grey, the next episode. And here's the description on IMDb. When Commander Riker comes down with a dangerous alien infection after an away mission, the only way to treat it may be through reliving his memories. 
And what a shock, his memories are going to be previous episodes. <laughs> it might be a quick conversation next episode, not going to lie. Yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to talk about this uh, for any extended period of time next episode. But uh, So that'll be the final episode of season two. Uh, and then after that, we'll do our top five of the season, of course. That might be the one benefit to this. It might give us a refresher on on the season <laughs> and we can go, oh, those were the good ones, those were the bad ones. Well, it depends what episode it takes clips from. It's true, it's true. We'll find out. Uh, I imagine it'll be totally very inconsistent if it jumps to, like, you know, the Borg appearance, <laughs> like, next to some of the goofier clips that I made sure. Oh, I kind of hope it does. But yeah, so Shades of Grey is the season finale. Uh, is a clip show episode, so I'm not sure how much we're going to have to say next time. It may be very short, or it may be equally long, but very silly, because we're probably just going to be tangenting for uh, 20 minutes. But uh, you can, of course, let us know what you thought of uh, peak performance in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show, you can rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. More people will find us that way. You can support us financially over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv uh, for as little as $1 per month. Uh, the $5 tier gets you these episodes, uh, these reviews of Trek a week early, so maybe we're worth looking at it for that. Um, but go and have a look and you get stuff at even the $1 tier, so go and, go and have a look-see. Uh, but otherwise, that is so thank you once again for watching or listening oh I should probably promote the Picard reviews actually I mean it makes sense given the what we're doing uh, so me and Tara are reviewing Picard uh, Star Trek Picard which just started at the time of recording uh, this past week uh, so we're going to be talking about that over the 10 episode season so go and check out those uh, so uh, the very the, the different end of Picard's uh, story yeah. uh, you can go see our thoughts on that uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching Star Trek guys and remember, when it comes to the ladies, Wesley Crusher, Wesley Crusher is in complete control. I can't even say it with a straight face anymore. It's how ridiculous the bloody is. Mm-hmm.